What's going on and welcome to week three of the Rager Show. I'm your host, Ray. I'm hanging out with my buddy, Jared, and we are the Rager Show, powered by Orange Weekly. If you're not familiar with Orange Weekly, you are missing out. We are the best Broncos content around. Podcasts, live shows, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to get your Broncos news, we got it. And we have this special show for you where we talk about fantasy football. We're going to talk about sports betting. We're going to win a ton of money. And Jared, man, I got money in your pocket. I know there's money in my pocket, buddy. How you doing this week? I'm, I'm feeling good because I got money in my pocket. You said it perfectly. Uh, yeah, you know what? Broncos are 2-0 and coming back home. Uh, we're favorited by a lot. This game looks like it's going to be a... A blowout, and uh, I'm excited to to make some more money, put some more money in into the listeners' pockets, and uh, and keep keep this train chugging. Yeah, baby. So if you're not familiar with the show, it's it's simple. We're gonna talk about sports betting. We're gonna talk about fantasy football, but we're gonna do it all through the Broncos Broncos lens, the Broncos game this week against the New York Jets. And you might have a question like, "Hey, is this any good?" Uh, the answer is yes. We are ten bets. This year, we are 8-2 on our wagers this year on the Ragers show. Unbelievable start, man. You know, Jared, that just tells me it's one time and one time only, man. You know what time it is, right? Beer 30. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So, Jared, let's take a step like we always do. Let's just go look back to last week, take a little thing, surprises, things that you have takeaways from the uh, Jacksonville game, and then let's roll into next week. So what were your takeaways? 2-0, and getting to Jacksonville, we whooped some booty. What are your takeaways? Uh, my big takeaways are our defense uh, decides that they're going to give up the first touchdown to see what the offense is doing, regardless of what game it is, and then not not take any more crap from then on out. Uh, <laughs> Pat Sertan had a little bit of a slow start on defense, and he came out. The other thing is, and I'm I'm okay to admit this, we were wrong. Yep. I, I'll say it right now, Ray. Yep. We were wrong about Cortland Sutton. We yep. said we don't know what's going on with him. He didn't have a great first game. I would not put money on him. We were wrong, and he had an amazing, an amazing game. And, uh, you know, it's it's cool to see from a fan perspective. It's great to see that. Um, we obviously stayed away from his lines, which would have blown up. But I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that because just watching Cortland play his old self again was enough for me. Yeah, oh, totally. That Cortland Sutton looked like a man among boys. And he's in the craziest part to me, like passing the eye test, he still didn't even, like, look right to me on the right. field. He just, like, something about his movements and on the field, but he was still just dominating. He was still the best player on the field on Sunday and and you're right the only bet that we lost last week we were here on the show we were contemplating we knew it was going to be Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton we decided to go with Tim Patrick we were wrong no big deal we still cash our other four bets um the one takeaway for me also from last week's bet or last week is is the running back room and it, it still continues to perplex me just a little bit it seems like, and I'll be curious about your perspective as we look into this week's game, it just seems like teams are selling out to stop the run, and they've had a pretty decent you know, go at it. And next thing you know, Bridgewater's thrown for 300 yards, a couple of dimes, and, and the Broncos have – the offense looks great. So it, it'll be interesting. What are your thoughts on, on just the run game in general? Yeah, I mean, I mean look at the – Week two of the season, you don't really have a lot to go off of. You can look at preseason uh, game film, but it's not the same. 
Our team last year lived and died on the run. If we couldn't run the ball, we weren't winning a game. And that was what these last two teams came in looking at. They looked at the game film and said, okay, we got to stop the run. You know, they saw Melvin Gordon, Jacksonville saw Melvin Gordon break off a 70 yard touchdown against uh, yep. the Giants, and they were like, got to stop that. So they sold out everybody and their mom to stop the run. Uh, didn't even really work out, honestly. Williams was still nope. making some great plays. Uh, Gordon was out there. I think Williams is looking more uh, electric. He's breaking more tackles yep. than Gordon is out there. Uh, but I do still like the idea that the 50 50 split, and it really comes down to not who's getting it, but hey, this running back's in on this drive, and I can still mm-hmm. have the entire playbook open no matter what happens. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see first see that if Teddy Bridgewater keeps throwing, having a 98 passer rating right. and throwing for 350 yards, 300 yards a game. I do not foresee this keeping up. Yeah, totally. And, and Hey, if you're out there pro football focus, you can believe the analytics, you can do whatever you want to, but pro football focus had Williams, Javante Williams as the number one rated offensive player from last week. So I think that just tells you, you, you think to yourself, why do they keep throwing him out there? Well, the kid is special. And it just feels like he's like one tackle away from dropping his 70-yard run. Last quick little nugget before we jump into this week's breakdown. As of week two, the Teddy Bridgewater has the largest or the highest uh, air yardage per attempt, whatever that stat is, basically meaning that Teddy Bridgewater is throwing the ball further down the field per attempt than any quarterback in the NFL. He had the number, he's number one in pass attempts over 20 yards and average yards in the air. That to me was just a a, a mind-boggling stat when we think about Teddy Bridgewater, the check down conservative <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater narrative. And we saw that in full full effect last week. And we'll we'll get to that stat here as we look into to this week's game. Well, and not just that, but he still has a high passer rating. It's not like yep. he's chucking them. I mean, obviously, there was a couple big missed downfield balls. Uh, thinking about KJ Hamler in the first game, there was a big, yeah. what could have been called a pass interference on Cortland Sutton um, in, in the in the Jacksonville game. But it's not like he's just gunslinging and throwing up Hail Marys. He's throwing the ball, he's throwing them accurately, and he's throwing them downfield, and it is not always the, the check down. Yeah, and the, I mean, the completion percentage is over 70%, which is just, I think, just mind-blowing to think about what Teddy B has done for us. Teddy Two Gloves has done for us these first <laughs> couple weeks. All right, so fast forward. We go to Sunday. My, my, I almost called it Mile High. And Powerfield, you call it whatever the hell you want it. You know where it is. I'm right still calling it Mile High. Mile High Stadium. We got the Broncos. And and probably and Jared, I'm always curious about your perspectives. I know you do such a good job of breaking down the games. My guess on the surface is we're probably looking at maybe the worst of the three teams that we're facing in the first three weeks. What are, what are your just initial impressions on the New York Jets? Yeah, no, and and the biggest one is is coming from our defense, right? Our defense is the strength and the core of our team, as as well as Teddy Bridgewater and our offense is doing. Uh, our defense is our core, and we ha- we're going up against the. By far the biggest struggling quarterback in the league right now as a yeah. rookie. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't doing so hot. He's also in two, and we, we did a pretty good job of controlling him. He threw his first touchdown against us, which is we're going to have to live with that forever. But, um, you know, <laughs> Zach Wilson Zach Wilson is not having a great start in this league. And don't get me no. wrong. They've played some decent did they play some decent teams, right? Carolina and New England are not chucks. Yep. So we can't just sit here and say, oh, well, they're terrible because they're getting beat. But he is not playing very well. Zach Wilson is not stepping up to the level of the NFL the way that I think the Jets really wanted to when they drafted Mm -hmm. him this year. 
Um, and that's the biggest key for their for their team right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, my guess is Zach Wilson's going to be fine. Welcome to the league, boy. You know, week three, you know, it's not exactly – what you think the, the interesting thing though is you break down those first two games and if you have if you weren't following the Jets last week Zach Wilson threw four interceptions in the game I believe that actually his first two uh, pass attempts were two interceptions yeah and I think that I think the Patriots got out 10-0 the thing that stands out to me though however is they Carolina only scored 19 and despite having four picks you know, I think New England only scored like 24 or 25 points last week. So I think if we're talking about the strength of the New York Jets, it probably is their defensive side of the ball. Give us a little breakdown flavor on what's happening on the other side of the ball there, Jared. So this is very, very similar to their crosstown uh, fans over their family over there in the Giants world. They have a very, very good front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, their run, their run game stop. Talking about our run game not getting much. Their run game stop is very good. Their front four is, might be top ten, maybe top five in the league if you really look at it. Franklin Myers and Futaksu, Futaksu yeah. are playing very, very good football right now. And uh, you know, we uh, we talked about it a little bit on the pregame podcast for Orange Weekly. If you go and listen to that. Uh, you know, Williams really, if, if he can break a tackle from one of those guys, it's going to be difficult because they're some of the best right. players right now in the league. But if he can get to the second level, he's gone because that's where they're, that's where they're, they're kind of not doing so hot. And is that de- defensive sure. back core, that mm-hmm. secondary is not, not playing very well. So we may very well see another Teddy Bridgewater 300 yard game because their strength is in their front four. Yeah, yeah, and that, I I found that to be so interesting the way that they're doing it. And I think Pro Football Focus has the Jets defense I think rated at nine, eight or nine right now when we think about the overall defensive rating. And so I, I think it's there. It's nothing to 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 just forget about. You know, we're gonna we're gonna stash that away and we're gonna talk about the over unders here in just a second and some of the things that we're gonna be thinking about this week. So. um as we get going, there's a couple things we're kind of teasing here a little bit, right? We you know we got Teddy Two Gloves. We got the comeback to Mile High. You know, I think the defense we got we got strength on strength. We're talking about two defensive sides of the ball that are going to be really a defensive heavy game this week. But let's start on the outside like we always do. Let's break down, and I think you gave the teaser here. Starting from the outside in, our wide receivers, and I know you've mentioned a couple times, we probably have a wide receiver group with a healthy Judy that's a you know going to be a top 10 core. It's going to be f- hard to find a DB group that's going to be better than him. What I'm hearing right now is it should be it should be open season for our wide receivers this week. Absolutely. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. You hit it on the head. The only the only concern I have is that Tim Patrick and Noah Fant were limited in practice for a lot of the beginning of the week. Looks like they're good to go. They're full practice. I don't think coaches would put them out there if they weren't ready to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have, you know, Patrick Sutton, Fant Hamler, if we go out there, Okawebenom. Like, it, it is yeah. almost, and we'll get we'll get inside. I know, you, I know you're, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself yeah, to the inside you're good. of the tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those, those outside guys, Patrick Sutton, Hamler, Look, Hamler has not really caught on to the Broncos' offense yet, I, and and I don't think it's that he hasn't caught on. You know, he's still getting passes to him. Teddy Two Gloves is throwing to nine receivers in both games. He's throwing. Right. He's not identifying one guy to throw to, which I think is amazing. But I think when Hamler gets his opportunity, it's going to be big, and yep. that's going to be that. That's going to be the key. Both their safeties in uh, Marcus May um, and Adrian Colbert. Like those guys are not those guys are not playing very well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not they're not doing so hot. And on their defense, they have two starters from this round. And this just a little bit of trivia for you, Ray. 
They have yeah. two starters on their defense from the from their rookie class, uh, twenty twenty one class, both drafted in the sixth round. Wow! So they have two sixth round, twenty twenty one rookies on their starting defense. Yeah, I mean that that tells you a lot there. And I think I think what I'm hearing here is again that tight end advantage is probably going again. Albert Okwaben on a Noah Fant. The pair of those two, I mean, they are. I, I think Noah Fant is a bona fide superstar. Um, and just on the cusp of just being a top, top, top five tight end, you know, top flight tight end. And Albert Okwebedon has shown, you know, time and time again. Let's just go, let's go to the front seven, um, you know, kind of break down that running back room. Again, you know, we have the sort of the two-headed monster. We got a little bit of Gordon, got a little bit of Williams. We're going to go against the heart of that uh, New York Jets defense, the best part of it. Any advantage on the Broncos here or is it, what, what are you seeing on that? advantage man up one-on-one I don't unfortunately not in the run game in the past game I can see it I think our pass block has been very good um for the most part blitz pickup has been an issue but our run block hasn't really been there you know we talking about Williams and Gordon getting the split of the carries and why Williams is running and it looks like he's running better is because he's able to break those tackles where Gordon you know may be able to break one or two tackles but then he's going down and Williams is breaking nine tackles, and then the tenth guy is the one getting them down. You know, right? So, um, I think that's why it looks so electric. Their run game, their run uh, block hasn't been doing great, and and this is one of those front four that is just so good at the run defense. Yeah, totally. And and you're you're totally right. And I think they were, yeah. Again, one of the top ten defenses in the league. It looks like they are just they they are stout in that world. It's interesting. Going into the season, though, what did we think about the Broncos? We thought that we the run game was going to be carrying the Broncos and Teddy Two Gloves was going to manage the game and go there. It, it seems to be the opposite. I, I, I'm, I'm, I got a couple things bouncing around in my mind, but let's break down. Just break down Williams and Gordon for us. Williams gets a slight bit of an advantage on the carries last week, gets a slight bit of an advantage on the yards. And honestly, if you go back to game one, minus the 70-yard run, Really, Williams had the advantage in that game. Is that how you continue to see the trend going? Kind of maybe this slight favorite of Williams, but really that 50-50 monster, or is Williams taking over, and is this the game that he gets 75% of the carries? I'll be honest with you. I don't think it really matters. I don't think, you know, we're talking a couple of carries. I don't think it really matters. Like, they're putting out whatever receiver or whatever running back. They're calling their football game. And if one guy gets a couple more carries, it's not because they're trying to favor that guy. It's just because on that drive, we decide to run a couple more times. I don't see this changing. Uh, Not right now. I still think Gordon is a very capable, very capable back. And I think Williams is definitely electric as far as being able to to break, I think I've said electric like thirty times on the show. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's, an ele- able- it's an electric show, baby. It's an electric, it's an electric show. show. Hey, look, so he's he can break he can break those tackles that that uh, Gordon might not be able to and get those extra yards, especially when we need them on some of those third downs. But it it looks like they're putting them out there and for drives, not so much for uh, downs, right? Yeah. It, and that's that's the cool part about it. And from an offensive coordinator standpoint, it's amazing because it doesn't matter who you got, you got fresh legs in there, and you can run the whole playbook. Uh, as far as from the betting standpoint, from the from the um, right. fantasy football standpoint, uh, it's a little it's hard. It's very very difficult to be able to to predict how this is going to go because at yeah. any moment, like you said, he is a tackle away from breaking off a, a big one. Yeah, man. Unless you're Kevin Dandino, who drafts every single Bronco every single year in fantasy football, man. I you know I I think 
if you if you have them both on your bench for whatever reason, if you're sitting there in fantasy, I think you'd give the slight edge to Williams just because he's getting two or three more carries a game over Gordon. It seems like they're targeting both of them equally in the past game as well. So I don't really see any advantage really uh, to playing Melvin Gordon. I you know, so I think Williams is your guy if you have them both. I, I think Williams is probably RB3 with RB2 upside, and I think Gordon is just a solid RB3. So I, if that's for your fantasy this week, their lines are sitting at 53 and 50. Uh, they have Williams projected at 12 and a half carries. They have Gordon projected at 10 and a half carries. I, if, if I was going to take something this week, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the running back room altogether this week again because, again, we want predictability when we're talking about sports betting. We want to try to, to to make a guess on the game. And if we had some indication that Williams was going to be the full-time back or starting to become the full-time back this week, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to stay away from the running back room. But if I was to pick one, I think I would I would err on the side of the carry side of this because my next question to Jenna, I think I know the answer to this. I think the Broncos are going to be in control for the vast majority of the game. So with that said, I think that I would take the carries just because I think towards the end of the game, it's just going to be a ground and pound type of a deal. Williams at 12 and a half carries. I think he's had 14. I think he had 14 or 15 last week. I like that number at 12 and a half. I think there's worth some value there. We're not going to take it here on the show because, you know, I, I just don't think we quite know enough. But uh, if you're thinking out there, Williams carries, I would take his 12 and a half carries. I think that's the best line of the running back lines this week. Teddy Bridgewater, let's talk about lines, baby. 243 yards passing is where the they had their over-under set. Man, I've just been so scared to take Teddy's line. I don't know why, but he's been like 290 and 300 yards passing. Where do you see Teddy Bridgewater when the, it's all said and done? What does his week look like this week? And it really comes down to how fast we get out and how fast we get out of the gate. If we don't get out of the gate as fast like we didn't in Jacksonville, Jacksonville got out a lot faster than we did. And we kind of had to score two or three before we kind of felt comfortable to be able to run the ball. And that's why Teddy had so many yards and we ended up throwing so much. Mm-hmm. I kind of see that because in this game, I don't think we're going to be able to get the ground game going. And I think our sure. strength is going to be in the pass game throughout the majority of at least the first half, unless we get a couple, you know, pick sixes or, you know, turnovers with short fields where where we're not getting the yards on offense, we're not needing to get the Mm -hmm. yards on offense to score the Mm -hmm. touchdown. Um, The yards is tough. The yards is tough because if we do go up, he has 160 yards, say we get a short field a couple times on some turnovers, we're up three scores. It's going to be very difficult to to take that line. it really, I, mean, I don't know, it really depends on how right. we feel this game is going to go. I I don't like the yards only because I feel like I feel like this is going to be a blowout. I do, especially at mm-hmm. home. And I feel like we're going to have to go to something shorter stuff, some guaranteed give-me's, right? The short stuff, the the yep. screens, maybe a couple runs. Um, but I am afraid of that front front line, so I'm kind of contradicting myself here, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I here's, here's the deal. And – this is the biggest – listen, I already can see Coach Jared looking at me like I'm crazy right now because here I'm going to say something that you, you definitely don't want to say in sports is I'm starting to think about week four of the NFL season a, a little bit here. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think it's going to be a blowout. But here is the reality of the situation. I don't know if Vic is thinking about this or not, but I'm sure as hell thinking about this. If we are going to win a game in week four, week five, and week six, we're going to have to score 30 points. I mean, the reality to beat the Baltimore Ravens is that we need to score 30 points. And so I think 
what we're going to try to do this game to me feels like a chance for the Broncos to get right. I'd love for them to break the 30 point mark. I think this is the team to break the 30 point mark on just to get the ball rolling. I'm teasing my next line here. So hold on that. But you know, I think, I think the stadium is going to be electric. This is the most excited Broncos country has been. And I don't know, since 2015 or 2016, when it comes to a football team, I'm going to take over on Teddy Bridgewater's yards this year. I, I, I or this week, I don't, you listen, I, I've, I've stayed away from it twice. You know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. <laughs> I, I think one of the, I think one of the president Bush's screwed that up one time. I'm going to take Bridgewater because I think I have been fooled a couple of times. I've been a little bit hesitant. And what we're seeing right here is a, a, actually a slight creep down in Teddy Bridgewater's yards right now. It was sitting more at like 250, 255 the last couple of weeks. I, at 243, I think that's a very reasonable mark for Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's in the 270, 280 mark. I would be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater has a couple hundred yards passing by halftime. And so I'm going to take over on Teddy Bridgewater's 243 yards. Now, if he's going to throw those many yards, somebody's got to catch them, right? And so one of the things that's really interesting to me, Jared, is so last week we saw both Sutton and and, and Tim Patrick sitting in that 45, 48, 50-yard range. Of course, Sutton pops off the game of his career. His line right now is at 65 and a half yards, probably the highest total that we've seen for one of our wide receivers. The result of that game, though, is two things happened that I noticed. Tim Patrick's yards slid back to 41 yards, and K.J. Hamler's yards slid from the mid-30s down to 27.5 yards. Basically, everybody else is the same. Albert Okawebanon's in the mid-18s. Noah Fant's in the low 40s, where we've always had Noah Fant. Um, Jared, does Sutton go off? Does Patrick go off? Does Fant go off? Who the hell's catching these 243 yards that we're talking about? I, <laughs> uh, well, we got burned last week. And I and I hate I hate doing this and this is this is the worst part about this show is the predictability of it is is yeah. unpredictable because he's thrown around. I love the lower numbers because he does spread the ball out nine receivers yes. in two games in a row. I love the lower numbers that KJ Hamlin number at very low. That is literally one catch for him. Totally. Yep. Mm-hmm. 17 yards is one catch for him. I love Noah Fant. I think we took Noah Fant every game last week and I think we yep. only lost twice and that was for injuries. Um, and I love <laughs> Albert, Albert O's, Albert O's a little difficult. Uh, yeah, yep. that's a, that's a difficult one. I don't really know. I, I want to say that I think it's going to be pretty even. And I know that we said that Cortland Sutton went off last week. I, I think Tim Patrick didn't get as many targets. Um, but I, I do think, I think Tim Patrick kind of got a little injured too, which didn't mm. help him, mm. um, in that game. I like them all. Can I can I say that? Is that <laughs> yeah. is that not? I mean, like if we were talking about Teddy going over two hundred and forty three yards. Yep, yep. Literally, all those lines added up do not make two hundred and forty. Right. Like, you know, if he's spreading the ball out the way that he has been, that that uh, literally all of those could be good. I don't like Coral. I don't like anything over fifty something yards for a receiver. The way he's spreading the balls out, that's just it. Just doesn't sit right with me. But I love KJ Hamler. Hey, listen, here's the deal. We Last week we were trying to decide, Tim Patrick Sutton, Tim Patrick Sutton, who's going to get the lion's share? Who's going to get the lion's share? We guessed wrong last week. You know, if it's black five times in a row, do you put red on the next roulette bet? Because you know it's going to be red. But here's the deal. Let's just eliminate that argument between the top two because I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think K.J. Hamler is the sleeper pick of the week this week. 23.5 yards. 
I'm sorry, 27.5 yards is KJ Hamler's total. His projected longest reception is over under 15 yards. He's projected at two and a half catches. I, you and I both know that KJ Hamler is one catch away from a slam dunk home run. Sign, seal, deliver. Sign me up for KJ Hamler. I don't care which line you like out there. If you're listening to this, if you like his yards over 27.5, or if you like him over 15.5 yards as his longest reception, sign me up. I am taking KJ Hamler. I absolutely love, 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 love that line this week. And Hamler, throw you out a little nugget right now. KJ Hamler, anytime touchdown scorer is plus 270 right now. And I think KJ Hamler has a great opportunity not only to catch a home run ball today or uh, on Sunday, but I think he also gets in the end zone. I think he covers that. I think he also scores a touchdown. If you're into those prop bets, I, I love them big time. If you want to do like a little half unit on that prop bet, I'm going to take KJ Hamler to score a touchdown this week at plus 270 as well. And I think, again, Jared, right, let's forget the argument between Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Hell, I don't care. I hope they both go for 100 yards. But I'm going to take Noah Fant this week as well. We see him in week one. He finally, I think he had six catches, 62 yards in week one. He was clearly a comfort blanket for, for Bridgewater. He had four catches and 33 yards last week, so he fell a little bit short of his mark. But I think 42 number is a perfect number for him. I love Noah Fant. I just ordered myself a brand new Noah Fant jersey this week, so I, I'm hoping it's love in time it. for the game. I'm going to take Hamler. I'm going to take Fant. Again, I think Bridgewater's going over, and I don't want to try to guess if it's going to be black or red this week. I don't want to try to guess if it's going to be Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. So let's just take the top off of it. And what we're going to do is we're going to predict that Bridgewater's third and fourth receivers, those two guys are going over. Fant over, Hamler over, and then throw on a little extra, you know, juice on the top for uh, KJ Hamler to be an anytime touchdown score. How's that sound, Jared? I I think that's amazing. I love it. Uh, taking the two inside guys, uh, I I think that's going to be the comfort blanket for him too. Yep. I, I it's it's going to be good. I I like those lines a lot. Let me. I'm going to give you one quick nugget, then we're going to go to the full game here. Jared, we watched the game. We watched the game way too much. Let me tell you something about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, had seven rushing touchdowns last year as a as a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Something I noticed, and I don't know if you picked up on this, in the red zone last week, on multiple occasions, I saw Teddy Bridgewater run sort of that uh, option, read option, RPO sort of action where he sort of was kind of, you know, checking that end. He never kept the ball and ran with it. I'm just I just a nugget that I picked up on. But on numerous occasions, he had that sort of, you know, he'd hand the ball off and he'd kind of make that like little, you know, step jab around the corner to see if the, if the end was paying attention. Seven touchdowns rushing last year. That means he had one every three games or so for the Carolina Panthers. Right now, Teddy Bridgewater is plus 370 for an anytime touchdown score, meaning that he would have to run the ball in, or I guess in theory he could catch a pass if he was set up in some sort of <laughs> deal like that. If you're feeling froggy, if your bets are going good on Sunday, I probably am going to throw a few bucks just at Teddy Bridgewater to score a touchdown this week. Plus 370, it's worth a flyer. Heck, if you typically bet 25 bucks a game, throw 10 bucks on it. Have yourself a good-ass time. And then next week when you're listening to the Rangers podcast, I'm going to tell you, I told you so because Teddy Bridgewater is going to score a touchdown this week. Mark my words. It's a little bit of a long-shot play. I don't do a ton of long-shot plays, but it's just something I picked up on. And if we can find an edge, we are going to take advantage of that edge. Jared, you think it's a blowout? 
I think it's a blowout. I will tell you something though here, Broncos country. I hate the 10 and a half points. I hate, I hate, I hate where the line is right now. It's 10 and a half points. The over unders at 42. I hate all of that. So now I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell? It's going to be a blowout victory, and I can't make money on this game because it's going to be a blowout victory? Uh-uh. Don't you worry. Your boy Ray has got you. <laughs> I got a line for you. So, Jared, let's talk about this real quick. What have we noticed about the Broncos' defense on opening drives? They're letting up a lot. Like right. So far, they've been kind of letting them play their offense so that we can see what they got. Hopefully, I think that's the play, right? <laughs> in yeah. my head, in my head, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll let you throw down the field and get all the way down score uh, so that we can see what you have and uh, game plan against it from there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, they haven't come off to a, a strong start, not the defense. So a- as a coach, Jared, if you go two or three weeks in a row and your team keeps making the same damn out, don't even get me started about special teams. Or we don't even, we can't bet on special teams. So I'm going to leave special teams not, aside. Yeah. And your team makes the exact same mistake. Every week for a couple weeks in a row. What does that happen at, at practice all week long? That, that's all you try to stop. <laughs> that's, that becomes your point of emphasis. So here's what I'm going to take. And I got a little nugget of a line for you. I'm going to take the Broncos first quarter. I'm seeing it between the, between the various sites. I'm seeing it at minus 2.5. I'm seeing it at minus 3, meaning that the Broncos have to be winning by at least 3 points or more. If they're winning by 3, you just get your you push. You don't lose your money. But if they're winning by more than 3, you get your money. I'm taking Broncos first quarter minus three is what I'm seeing on most of the lines right now because I think, one, it's going to be a point of emphasis for this offense, for or I'm sorry, for this defense, for this Broncos team all week long. Don't give up a score on the opening drive. The second piece of this, Jared, did you catch the nugget in the game last week? What about the offense? Do you know what the stat is on the offense for opening drives in the NFL right now? We also start slow, right? Right. We have the longest active yeah. streak in the NFL without opening, without points on the opening drive. I think it was something like 21 or 22 games in a row. So you have this perfect storm. We our, our defense gives up points on the opening drive every single time, and our offense doesn't score points on the opening drive every single time. And so I think this is becoming a point of emphasis against a very weak team. I think the Broncos start out really, really hot. I wouldn't be surprised if the game is 10-0, 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. Mark my words here. I'm taking Broncos minus three at the end of the first quarter. I'm going to double down on that, Ray, and here's why. We are coming home. Coming home, Coming baby. home to Denver. That crowd is going. You guys are, if you guys are listening, you guys are going to the game. It's going to be insane against a rookie quarterback who's already struggling, probably struggling mm-hmm. with a little bit with the playbook and getting online. That crowd is going to rattle him, and I think our defense is going to thrive, 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 thrive off that. I love that line, right? Minus three, first quarter. Again, because I – listen, you know the Broncos are going to win. We want to make some money on the win. There's no money on the money line, and at 10.5, it's just such a high ceiling for some stupid late touchdown that's going to cover your bet on the backside. Broncos first quarter, minus three. I think, Jared, you, you've said it perfectly. Broncos country is hungry. We, ain't, we haven't had a full stadium since 2019, and we haven't been excited about football since 2016. We are going to be rocking. It is one of the loudest places in the entire, entire NFL to catch a football game, and they're going to learn about that on Sunday at Mile High. So to recap, Teddy Bridgewater over 243 yards. We're gonna take. We're gonna stay away from the running back room altogether. I think again, if you're playing fantasy out there, both of those guys are RB two, RB three, RB twos with a little bit of a little bit of RB two upside. On the wide receiver rooms, 
again, I think Patrick fan, Patrick and Sutton, one of those two guys is going to be our number one guy this week. We're not going to guess who that is. If you got us, if you have Tim Patrick, if you have Cortland Sutton, I think they are worthy of a fantasy start this week without a doubt. We are going to target the third and the fourth receivers on this team. We're going to take over KJ Hamler's yards, over Noah Fant's yards. We're going to take KJ Hamler for an anytime touchdown score at plus 270. And if you're feeling froggy, it's up to you. Plus 370, Teddy Bridgewater, anytime touchdown score. One, two, three, four, five. And then we're going to take a sixth rager. We're going to take Broncos first quarter minus three. How's that sound, Jared? You were, we're adding, uh, you, you're taking the froggy Teddy Bridgewater anytime score as a rager? You know, let's throw it in there. We're going to take a half a unit <laughs> on that rager, baby. I think it's worth the take. I think, again, you, uh, I'm going to tell y'all, I told y'all so next next week here. Um, again, out there, if you're listening, it's up to you. You figure out where your betting tolerance is at. We've had some money. we got money in our pocket. You know, listen, when you got house money, that's when you become a little dangerous <laughs> right there. So Teddy Bridgewater, I think plus 370, that's your special bet of the week. You can take that if you want to or not. But the other five, I feel really damn confident about the other five bets this week. Yeah, nope. I absolutely love them. I will be taking all of them. And I'm going to, I, I wouldn't recommend this, but I, last week I went against Ray. Ah. I, I, look, I, I did it. I did. I said, I said, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a Jared bet. I got this. J Rock's, J Rock's special. I don't know what I call it, ah. but I, I took KJ Hamler over I think it was like 17 yards longest reception he did not get that so look at me I'm 0-1 going against Raymond which is, <laughs> this, is, this is why this is why you guys need to listen to him when he's doing his betting but I do believe I still believe mm-hmm. to right now this game he will get over his longest yes. reception at 15.5 I know yep. I'll be taking it I'm not going to add it to the Rangers but just another tidbit to that if yeah. we're expecting him to go over 26 uh, 0.5, and he's going to get a touchdown, it's going to be a longer than a 15.5-yard uh, yeah. gain. And I, I think you're perfectly safe to take that. But, again, sometimes it's just your flavor, right? Some people like the receptions more than the yards. You name it, they figure that out. I think 15.5 is over 15.5. K.J. Hamler is going to get a home run ball, I think, this week, no question. And one completion, we're going to catch both those bets. So if you want to take it both ways, hell, do that. Hey, as Jared mentioned, man, this is the Rager Show. It pays to listen. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. And, again, this is the Rager Show powered by Orange Weekly. If you're not familiar, if you ain't subscribing, you're probably out of the loop. You probably don't (laughs) know as much Broncos content. And you're probably missing out on some really good, funny, good times. And so we have a pregame show. We have a postgame show. We have a halftime show. I will be running the halftime show this week, so make sure you all chime in. We got a Monday show, a Tuesday show, a Wednesday. If it ends in Y and it has to do with the Broncos, (laughs) Orange Weekly is on it, man. We love it. We are all about fans, Broncos news, hanging out with you all. It's, It's just an amazing, amazing time. Jared, man, any closing thoughts as we roll in and 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 hopefully whoop the New York Jets on Sunday? That that's what I got. Hey, we're, let's roll in and whip the New York Jets, and not only whip the New York Jets, but let's put some more money, more money in our pockets. Let's put some money in our pockets, baby. Hey, Jared's always good, brother. You know what it is, man. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.